from APM American Public Media. This is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. The college board announced last week that it's going to redesign the SAT exam. The SAT is one of the two major tests used by many colleges and universities in deciding which students to admit. On the new test, the essay section will be optional, the vocabulary section will have fewer obscure words, and there will be fewer math topics. Two years ago, the SAT's main rival, the ACT, had more test takers for the first time, and there is some speculation that changes to the SAT are being prompted by that competition. Here to talk about the changes is Carolee Adams. She's a contributing writer for Education Week, and she specializes in higher ed. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So what have been the criticisms of the SAT up until now? Well, many people feel that the SAT has been blown out of proportion. It's producing a lot of anxiety for high school juniors and seniors as they take the exam, and that grades are really a better reflection of how a student is going to do in college. So there's been a lot of calls to revamp the SAT so it better reflects what students are learning in high school, and that's um, what much of the changes have been about. How does the SAT differ from the ACT? The ACT historically has been more linked to the curriculum. It also has a science section. Um, ACT and SAT have been rivals for years, and ACT has really um, pulled ahead in recent years. There's many states where the state is giving the ACT to all students uh, their junior year. So that has changed the landscape a little bit. I think they're up to about 13 states that are doing that now. It depends on what region you know you grow up in. ACT is more prevalent sometimes in the Midwest, in the East, um, more in the SAT, but it's really very fluid and, and changing. But they're, they're similar tests, and they're even more similar <laughs> since the redesign. What are the new changes that the SAT is putting in place? Well, there's structural changes, there's changes to the content, and there's changes that the College Board is offering around services. So, first of all, around the structure, what students will notice, first of all, is the three-hour and 45-minute exam is now just a three-hour exam. The essay is optional. So it will be up to the students if they want to sit for that part of the essay, and it will really depend on whether or not the schools they're applying to will be requiring that. So this returns the SAT back to the 1,600-point scale. Also, there's no penalty for wrong answers, so that takes away a little of strategy of taking the test. Uh, students uh, will be given credit for only for the right answers. And then in the content section, as I mentioned, it's much more aligned with the new state standards, more emphasis on citing uh, evidence, analyzing data, more reflective of what students are learning in the classroom. And as you mentioned in the intro, those obscure SAT words are being phased out. So hopefully there'll be an end to memorizing a lot of the uh, flashcard vocabulary lists and a little more relevant information, relevant terms, like they use the example of the word empirical or synthesis, more commonly used words. And math will have fewer sections and more relevant to college and career information. And then finally, the services that the college board is offering um, are expanded. They are offering free test prep online from the Khan Academy. So that will be a way for all students to have access to test prep, which has historically been something that uh, people of means have been able to purchase for their students. And there's more fee waivers that will be available for low-income students um, when they're applying to college. There's been a lot of talk about undermatching of really high-achieving low-income kids just not stretching and applying to more uh, selected colleges. So the College Board is trying to address that with some of this new fee waiver program. Will the SAT still be something that people prepare for with outside vendors, especially people who can afford to do it? Or, Or is the new test going to be designed in a way that you really can't prep yourself for it? That's a good question. Um, 
in, on the one hand, they talk about the test being more useful, transparent, and reflective of what you learn in high school. So that would make you think, I wouldn't need to study for it. But in the same breath, they are offering this free online test prep and making their tests available so students can be better prepared. And you talk to people uh, in the test prep industry, and they are still very encouraged that there will be business coming their way. And they think even more so now that the tests are going to be made available two years in advance so people really know what to study for. So I don't think the test prep business is out of business, um, but the hope is that it will be less coachable and that it will be a better reflection of what students know. For instance, on the vocabulary section, I talked to an English teacher who said this should really help students who are just good readers rather than those who have memorized vocabulary lists. Why do you think the SAT is changing now? What, what sorts of things are prompting uh, this overhaul? Well, assessments are periodically updated to reflect what students are learning. Uh, the SAT has not been revised since 2005, and it's just a way for it to better keep up with what students are learning in the classroom. And some say it's, you know, the college board's way of taking responsibility for some of the criticisms of the test. The essay was only added in 2005, and about half of the admissions officers say it's helpful and half say it is not. Um, it's not been linked to a more predictive value of how students are going to be doing in college. So this is a way to, um, to respond to that criticism. You know, an increasingly number of colleges are going test optional, saying that we'll look at your credentials. You don't have to take the SAT or ACT. And some say this is a way to respond and, and make the SAT more relevant and uh, keep it in business. Do students who choose not to do the tests have a disadvantage in those schools that say that tests are optional? Uh, they say they do not. These are schools who say they look at the uh, holistic uh, application. They're looking at students' overall performance in school and extracurricular and essays. It is not to put them as a disadvantage, and um, increasingly, you know, schools are considering that and, and going test optional. You're a parent of teenagers. Did they have any reaction to the announcement about this new SAT? That's interesting. So, yes, I have one that's already in college, uh, so he's been there, and I have a sophomore who will just be on the cusp of this and have to take the old SAT. So he is disappointed because he liked the idea there might have been an option. But it'll be interesting to see how students prepare differently and, and how this new SAT is received. As of now, this is broad brushstrokes of, of what's going to happen. April 16th, there will be a rollout of more test specs and more detail, and, and people in the higher ed and high, high school community are really looking for more of those details, which will be rolled out one month from now. Carolee Adams, thank you so much. Thank you. Carolee Adams is a contributing writer for Education Week. She is also the author of the College Bound blog. You can find more podcasts about standardized tests and a range of issues in K-12 and higher education at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. We're on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.